This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. So welcome to another edition of Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast, episode number 179. You know, the guy keeping new music alive on video, on radio, throughout the world. And the other day, I had a returning guest, Mike Penny, vocalist, guitarist, founding member of the Toronto, Canada-based The Jailbirds. And uh, good catching up with Mike. I talked to him last May, promoting and supporting their EP, Jungle. And now they just released a killer track called Sludge. And now they have an addition to their lineup. They were originally a trio, and now they are a quartet. So we talk to Mike and catch up on all that good stuff. Hey, and as always, go to my YouTube channel. You could watch it on my YouTube, my Facebook. Go to YouTube, hit the subscribe button, and all that good stuff. Go to my Facebook, Instagram, or even Twitter. As well as support Mike Penny and uh, the Jailbirds. Check them out on their social medias. Okay, enough of me. Now for some Mike Penny and the Jailbirds to back and enjoy. And as always, live, love, and laugh a lot, because life is way too short. Hey, this is Mike from the Jailbirds, and you're listening to Pat's Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. Hey, live on Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast, keeping new music alive on the radio, on the videos, on the YouTubes, on the Zooms, you name it, we got it. And it just doesn't get any better than that. You could play the hits, but everybody's done that. But do you play new music like I do? And if you follow me, you know I got the best of the best, and I got a returning guest coming back at me from Canada. Yeah, Mike Penny and the Jailbirds. And um, I met Mike, I want to say, two years ago with their EP Jungle and started playing their tracks. And we had a great Zoom, I want to say, in May of last year. Hopefully you caught that. And hopefully you supported Mike and the Jailbirds with Jungle and uh, great tracks. I will move on. And um, a lot of other tracks I want to say that I played, I just, my mind is fried today. I don't know why. Dull, dull, my, dull my brain and, the, of course, the Jungle. I think it was five-track EP, and they were all good stuff, really a concept uh, type of EP. Um, but great band out of uh, just north, I want to say, of Toronto. And I got Mike on the on-deck circle. But as first, um, we're going to play the video for their hot new single called Sludge. And we're going to talk to Mike all about that. So let's play it. And then you know exactly what I mean on how good this song is. Thank you. 
There you go. A little sludge for you. And uh, time to get Mike here on board. Mike Penny, where are you? Hello. There he is, vocalist, guitarist, founding member of the Rockers, the Jailbird, and Sludge. Man, is busy, busy, busy on the road. Had to pull off and uh, take a minute to <laughs> chat with us. Good to see you, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Glad to be back. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's awesome to be here. <laughs> Yeah, as I recall, we had a great chat. We were talking about Liam and his dreams and coming up with band names and songs oh, yeah. and all that good stuff. But uh, yeah. all all very good, man. Sludge, cool track. Really kind of dark and creepy and gives me a little Black Sabbath, a little, I don't know, Nirvana, a little, little of everything, man. Great riff. Talk to me about this uh cool artwork before you get into the whole song yeah no um thank you very much um the uh the artwork was made by um our friend agilos who's um if you want to look him up online his handle is be wild brother all one word and um he's from greece athens greece i believe and liam our bass player found him on uh, instagram i think this was probably two and a half years ago now at this point um he's done every release artwork um with exception to the black river so he's done like the dull my brain artwork watery grave the jungle artwork all that kind of stuff um i'll move on etc and uh he did sludge too and so yeah it's always great to work that is pretty that is pretty cool i like it man i like it a lot or anything it's wild like we just kind of go like hey we we need you know here's like sometimes i'll send them the lyrics or something but most of the time it's before we even have the song ready. So I don't send them yet. And then he'll send us the artwork and it's just like, okay, this is amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> he's doing this before you even give him the whole track. I mean, he's yeah. got this, he's got it in his brain like this. I, I know the band. I know their sound. I've been yeah. doing it a little bit. He, that's pretty good, man. I he, let, leave, leave it to Liam. I tell you yeah. that bass player, whatever you do, don't lose that guy. Yeah, you, yeah, exactly. He finds all these all these wild things on, online. Came up with the band, the band name and the sleeping, waking you up. I mean, uh, <laughs> it, 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 it's it's all good. When did you? Uh, well, let me ask you. So, Sludge, another uh, building of an EP and putting it, releasing single after single, and just taking your time compared to just like you did pretty much for Jungle. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much the same idea. Um, we haven't talked about it too much yet, but yeah, that's the plan is um, this will lead up to another EP. Probably will be fully out before um, July of next year, I hope. And um, yeah, the plan is to put out a few singles some videos and stuff like that. And um, all the while still writing and everything. And right now we're because all that music is done and everything. And so we're actually preparing for some other stuff um, past that as well. We're always writing and everything and, and thinking ahead and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's been really good. Yeah. I, I like that track, Tokyo Smoke, if you don't think that should be on oh. an EP. Yeah, yeah, that'll that'll come soon. Don't don't you worry. That one's, that one's on the block, yeah. You guys, you know, watching you, obviously you're in Canada. I want to say north of Toronto or in that area. Um, you you're really more of a live band. I gotta see you guys live. I mean, your music is is terrific, but to see you guys live and see you uh, engage and watch the energy of your fans and the crowds and some of the gigs, I'm like, this is really a cool live band. 
Thanks, man. Yeah, we actually, um, thank you. That, that means a lot, actually. We, we really work on our live show and, and making sure that we're tight and, and playing really well um, and stuff like that. And um, yeah, we were actually lucky enough. We, we were just nominated and won this award for the Mississauga Music Awards, Best Live Band of the Year or whatever. And um, so that was amazing. We were nominated alone. That was that was incredible to us. And then we won it as well. And so, um, yeah, just to, just to be even recognized like that by the city was um was amazing yeah it's really cool it's very very can, humble can you walk out of your home and go to the store and, without getting mobbed and autograph shit all that good stuff we're not we're not famous yet. oh we're stop in. it come on <laughs> come on you're talking to a guy in new york don't come to new york and somebody go i know that guy i saw him on pat's show well i hope so i pray for that a little lineup change when we chatted it was a trio and now I see a quartet. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, yeah, we went through a lineup change right before we dropped um, Jungle EP, the la- right before we talked for the last time, actually. Um, and we ended up finding it took a while because, you know, during the COVID times and stuff like that, it was um, obviously difficult to jam with people and everything. And um, there was no shows. So there was kind of it was kind of just a uh incubation period or whatever and then we ended up finding um we jammed with a lot of people and we found um kevin and hayden kevin's um drumming and hayden plays keyboards and um some guitar as well and other things um and yeah i mean it just kind of it happened naturally we wanted to let that happen and um we met hayden if you're familiar with our youtube channel there's a video of us uh performing at oshawa music week from 2021 and hayden is actually was actually the um a filmographer for that and that's how we met him and um and then kevin i think i just was i just stumbled upon him on uh, instagram or something like that he was playing with another band that we know and i think i actually yes i remember now it was our buddy jeff who was actually um he played on sludge and stuff like that and a couple other songs that are coming out um before we found kevin and then we uh he shared online uh, he plays in some other bands or whatever, so he was just kind of helping us out with with that time. If we had some shows and whatever, and um, he he shared a show where he uh, I forget what the band was that he was playing in, but Kevin was playing in the band, and I was like, "Who the fuck is that drummer? That's he's amazing." <laughs> I found I just found him through the tags. Like I wasn't tagged in that post, but I like I, I found the venue or the show or whatever. I just like searched Instagram for a few minutes, and then I ended up finding his profile. And um, just reached out and we jammed and the, the rest, the rest is history really. But with both of them, um, it was really sort of an instant thing. And then we, we kind of knew kind of right away that it, I think that's really the, I think everybody's like that though, right? Like you, you, if you either know, you know, or you don't like right off the top, I think if you're, if you're playing with somebody like right for the first time, um, it either clicks or it doesn't, you know what I mean? There's no really like learning how to, do that i think it just has to it has to be there or not really from my experience at least with with this um with this stuff but yeah no it's been amazing having them on and, and everything all the music is is flowing really nicely and we're writing really cool stuff and um yeah, yeah it's been a pleasure to hang out with them and everything yeah yeah you got a new you you would know as you said i'm not a musician but when you're on a ball team or any type of uh, team networking you know if you got the right chemistry or not and you could just tell and i mean yeah it kind of sucks here or there that like life should happen people move on and leave the band or come in the band but 
it's got to be like a, 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 a thing of fresh air when you have, like you said, I got to get that guy. <laughs> There's something about that guy. How he's hitting those skins and he's playing like he's got, that, he's got our, our idea, our mission, our sound and how he would fit in with the songs that you write. I mean, it's got to be like, holy crap. And then to have him there. And I, I follow you enough to see that he, you guys have been, you know, back on the road and playing shows and uh, the first time you get on a stage with Hayden and Kevin and at the end of the show, you got to be looking at Liam pinching yourself going, holy crap, man, what a show. Yeah, totally. No, yeah, the, the first one I think was in um, Peterborough, Ontario, which is up north, sort of, not really north-north, but like north-ish. Um, and uh, the, yeah, they, it was sort of like a um, we wanted to do some test run shows or whatever just to kind of get, get some feel going because it's one thing to go in the jam room, but they, it all goes out the window when you get on stage, you know what I mean? And so you really, um, that's the real test. And then, um, yeah, it was awesome. It flew by. It was like a, like a millisecond, <laughs> but <laughs> the end of the, song, the set or whatever, and we're just like, Oh, we're done now. Okay. Shit. Like it was, it was fast, but, um, yeah, yeah. I guess that, that's how it always goes when, when it's a good time like that. But yeah. Certainly. Well, hoping for a lot more good times. I just interviewed, uh, snake and rachel of skid row now skid row's been going from you know starting with sebastian bach back in the 80s yeah. and they got a new singer who who they met like in a festival and uh, long story short they hired him he 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 won the swedish idol like american idol i don't know if you have canadian idol you know these yeah. shows where people go on and this kid kid he's like i don't know how eric Gromwell is like 30 maybe he did uh 18 in life on the audition and he wins he wins it and full circle he's not a lead singer of skin row and the guys awesome. are like you know up in my age and they're like you know hanging out with a 30 year old guy who brings all this energy and he knows all the songs and they open for the scorpions and uh like you said Look, we got to go rehearse, see if you got it. It's like an Energizer Bunny Rabbit running around. And they were like, is this really happening to us? So, yeah, they got a new album. Check out Skid Row's new album. The gang's all here. It's a breath of fresh air. And uh, they had a great uh, album producer. But, uh, no, good for you guys. Sludge, um, I, I, I was playing the lyric video, and I listened to it. And where did you get that guitar riff that groovy creepy dark like it's kind of a little bit different than anything that i've heard on jungle or even black river yeah no um it definitely is a different different turn for us um it's uh i that's that's one i don't remember where the riff came from i know i wrote it but i don't remember usually i remember where and when with a riff like that for some reason i can't peg that one um but it was just one of those ones that kind of it hung around for like a long time as like an instrumental version of a song and we just kind of had it there or whatever i remember like i made the whole demo in my apartment at one point and like you know programmed the drums and and I, that's that's usually what i'll do if i have an idea for a whole song sometimes i just have a riff or sometimes i have a whole song and i'll go home and just make a demo of every instrument and stuff and just kind of like here's my Here's what I'm thinking to the guys, you know what I mean? Way easier to portray it to, to them like that. Um, and it just, yeah, again, it just sort of like lingered around for a while. And then we had some, uh, we, once we found the perfect subject matter for the song, the lyrics, and then uh, once once that happened, um, 
we were like, it, it was pretty much a fan favorite. We started playing it live a little bit and we had a really surprising response from it because it's really heavy and stuff, right? So we were we were thinking, you know, it's just it's another heavy heavy song, whatever. It's not like a pop song or something, but it seemed to get a really good response from people. And um, even like our producer and everything, we were just like, which song should we put out next? And he's like, Sludge, please. <laughs> we were like, okay. <laughs> you know, it's always the one that you're kind of, I feel like it's always the one you're not necessarily impartial to, but the one that um, you, you least expect it, right? I mean, it's not, it's not, but it's a good thing. You know, it's, it brings yeah. diversity to the band. You know, yeah. it shows that you can go outside you can make a left-hand turn and a right-hand turn. You don't have to follow the same mode. At I like yeah. surprises, and that's what makes a live show. I mean, you know, you can listen to the album, the EP, but when you go to a live show, I expect maybe just a little bit more of a jam or something a little bit different. Exactly. Yeah, in the same way. I just, yeah, if I want to listen to the album, I'll just stay home, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, that's what it's about with a live show. I, I got – it was almost the same – trend though with sludge was still like a toxic um you know jungle was this whole um i want to say addiction type of concept yeah Um, but sludge is again like a toxic relationship poison in your veins when you least expect it i'm trying to think i'm a lyric guy so i close my eyes and try to understand what the message is although that's what's great about music it's up to the interpretation of the listener you, you could it could be about you know a bunch of hazardous waste dumping in a, in a river in canada but it or it could be about a a bad relationship or what have you and that's what's great mm-hmm. about it yeah yeah exactly we've got a few different perspectives on it so that's really it's always cool to see that and like I, there's been a couple where they're like oh i never thought about it like that like even one of our friends said like they thought it was about um like depression specifically and i was like oh i never even like thought about it from that perspective before but um it does work so that's what's cool about music like you said is is that it does it is very transferable like that and 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 up for interpretation like that um that's always like i always like um remember like whenever i go to a big show where there's like maybe maybe it's in a stadium or something and there's like 10 20 000 people or something it's always amazing to like kind of look across like i saw billy talent's easy top recently and stuff off the top of my head and like to look around at everybody like singing the same song you know what i mean there's they're all probably for different reasons you know what i mean they're all not they're definitely not all for the same reason so that's what's mind-blowing to me about music sometimes it's just like it, it can be it can be put through your own filter like that it's really neat um but uh yeah like you said their sludge is about specifically what i wrote it about was was toxic relationships and sort of like toxic personalities and, and stuff like that um and sort of like getting around that it's sort of like a warning song almost in a way it's it's like from the perspective of someone giving a warning i guess is a better way of putting it and um yeah i feel like everyone has that kind of story you know and, and they've encountered maybe someone like that and uh yeah yeah and it doesn't even have to be a, a, a love relationship it could be a friendship Exactly. you've had for years and then you're like oh this asshole's backstabbing me and you know what the hell am i still doing here without moving it can, on it can be a physical thing too it can be an to whatever you want it can be it can be applied to pretty much anything like that anything that you thought like i guess the main sort of perspective is anything that you thought was good before you know what i mean but it but it never really was kind of thing you know 
Yeah, you want to get away from the negativity. I mean, I try to tell myself I, I'm not into the drama and the bullshit. You got anything good to tell me? Great. If not, I'm moving on. It's not. I'm not gonna. And it's cool that you said what you just mentioned. Uh, what, you know, I don't know if you just said uh, you saw ZZ Top recently. I obviously I, I I can't wait to see Billy in two weeks and hang out with uh, my good friend Billy Gibbons. But whether it's ZZ Top or you know Def Leppard or whoever. I was saying to uh, Edgar Winter, put out a new album, and I got to meet Edgar a couple of times. And I said to Edgar, you know, with everything going on in Ukraine and how fucked up this world is turning out to be anymore, we can go to his show, just like you said, like, you know, 10, 20,000 people or even uh, 50 people for an hour or two hours. I don't even know these people. And we're singing the back song. We're high-fiving people. And we're having a great time. And it just sucks that we can't carry that i that positivity out from the arena of the club and bring it into the world that we live in because life would be so much better god exactly no yeah i think you nail it with that for sure yeah you know, it's like why do we, why, why somebody got to give you the finger to your know, road rage or i always tell well, my uh, young adult children now you know just be kind to everybody open the door and be nice who cares if yeah. they gave you the finger i you know i can't be bothered with that there's there's yeah. too much pos- too much other things going on mike i always get beat up anymore because i'm not a musician you gotta ask these great guitar players what's their what's their rig what's their what do they play they got a les paul they got a strat you know yeah. what's their strings what's their pedal board look like so uh here you go all you guitar heads Specifically for sludge, um, I mean, most of the time it's the Explorer that I use. I use a Gibson Explorer. It's a 2003, um, and it's a 76 reissue. It's got Sheptone pickups in it, the BK humbuckers. Um, Brian, um, forget his last name. His, it's like a signature model that's kind of like just his tribute humbucker pickup that is um, specifically sort of uh, EQ'd for an Explorer guitar. And so that's why I got those. They sound great. They're just like a, an old PAF style pickup. Um, that's the main guitar for the rhythms and everything. And then I use this tone bender fuzz pedal called um, a big fatty fuzz. And it's made by a guy. Um, his company is called tribute audio designs out in Ontario here. And he's amazing. Um, and, uh, he, uh, yeah, he built these pedals for me, uh, um, a couple times. Like I actually, I think I bought that one online cause he just, he used to have a store or whatever. And then I ended up getting a couple of custom things from him as well. Cause he makes these old, it's a trend. You'll notice the reissues of the old stuff and the, you know, the old style pickups. And then this is a tone bender from like the sixties or seventies or whatever. I think it's a tone bender too, specifically if you're wondering. And, um, yeah, that's the main sound through my Morris amp. And through a Marshall JCM 800 combo from the early 80s, and also a diesel Einstein with a diesel 412. Um, that's the main main sound for that is is that pedal through those amps, and they kind of have a different thing. I like to use those. I, I, we usually put up a few different amps, probably five or six, and then we end up kind of scaling it back to whatever works, which is, in this case, it was the Morris. Obviously, that's my main amp that I use live and everything, and so that's kind of, it's it's custom made for me and everything so that's why it's going to have sort of the main sauce that i want and then the other amps were there just to kind of give it some uh different flavors like the marshall obviously has a very specific sound and um the diesel was very tight sounding very very low end heavy and everything and so then all that put together made that guitar tone and so there you uh, go quickly for sludge yeah most of our recordings are pretty much like that 
give or take maybe a different pedal or maybe i've got a strap with a ship i only use chip tone pickups really so i've got a strap that i sometimes use for leads or maybe another rhythm part um other than that like i've got a gretsch guitar that's cool like a hollow body but that's the main squeeze is the explorer and the more stuff and yeah that's pretty much it i think I'm, i don't think i'm forgetting anything that's that's it's really a simple chain it's not it's not that intense um I get I get asked a lot. Actually, my pedal board looks a lot more complicated than it really is. It's just it kind of looks like a space station, but it's it's just mainly it's just a, a loop switcher turning on and off some different overdrives and different maybe a phaser or something. And uh, most of the tone is in the amp and the guitar stuff like that. And and your hands too. I mean, it's the way you play it mainly. That's that's what people overlook a lot. It's 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 uh, like Billy Gibbons. We just mentioned him. He's a brilliant example of that. Um, he's not doing anything with gear that nobody else has done however he sounds like him you know what i mean and he sounds just he's a monster it's it's ridiculous actually how good he is um, and i don't even think every time i go to see a show and it could be on the side of the stage and now elwood has replaced dusty and elwood with billy and the band's really guitar tech you yep. never see a pedal board in front of billy's stuff on on the stage never and yeah. i always say how do you do it and he's like same three guys, same three chords. And I'm like, holy God. And he was the guy to tell me, go back to the blues. You got to go deep. Go back to the blues. Go to deep. And I'm like, all right. Uh, I get it. And we were talking about guitar strings. And I want to say he told me when he met a couple of times, B.B. King. He's like, yeah. dude, you're using, well, you, you know, I want to say, maybe I have a story back with Billy used heavy strings at the time. And he grabbed B.B.'s. Lucille and he said, Oh, this is way different. He's like, You're you're killing yourself. You don't have to go crazy. The the, the easier, the softer, the better, the faster. Yep. And Yep. Yeah, you can hear that in in, in his tone too. His easy top records, like from I think the earlier if I'm not mistaken, he used the thicker strings on like the earlier albums or whatever, and you can kind of hear it change. That's cool. But yeah. I gotta um, tell him next time he's in Canada, you guys gotta open for him. Because that's yeah. what he did. That's what they actually look for now that I know them and their management a little bit better. Is like when they go to different towns, they try to showcase the local band than having somebody go with them all over. Yeah. You know, so they we, go to Canada, they grab a Canadian band, they go to the states. Um, usually, uh, I'm going to see them hopefully in two weeks and in Connecticut at Foxwoods is where I normally see them. And it's usually you know one guy or two guys that you never even heard of that he, you know, they bring on, they play a little blues rock and play for a half hour and, uh, you know, they don't have a lot of equipment. So they're off the stage in five minutes and then yeah. uh, things go. I remember you said one of your favorite guys was slash and Oh my yeah. God, you gotta be watching him play. It's like incredible. Yeah. He's wild. Yeah. We actually cover his, I was going to say, we just, we cover his top live and stuff too. So that, you know, be a good pairing for sure. But uh, yeah, Slash, I think is my, he's my guy for sure. He's my top favorite player of all time. He kind of, um, yeah, he really just like, the, I just really resonated with his playing mainly more than, more than anybody at the time. Um, you know, it's just, funny you mentioned, you mentioned Fingers and I got to see Stone Temple Pilots not too long ago. I'm a big fan of Robert DeLeo and Robert's a tall guy in the bases, like as almost as tall as him. And what really, um, got me was the fact of i mean he's a big guy walking around stage but he was like 
he was the base. You know, you could almost feel every note. You could feel the passion that he had for every song. And I, I can't say that every time I go to his show, not that I'm all drunk or anything, but I really like concentrate now and really understand the music and uh, and what they're doing. And man, Robert's moving around and watching his hands. And my buddy was with me. He's a, he's a guitarist. And he says, he's, he does chords that you can never even, I don't even know how he comes up with a sound. It's incredible. Yeah. He's an amazing bass player. I don't think he, credit he deserves honestly I, every time i've never seen them live but every time i see a video or anything on youtube you go down the, the rabbit hole it's just the tone he gets it's just i mean all of them are incredible um but just he always stands out to me especially because yeah like you said there's, there's just something about the way he's playing it it's just that, like what is that you know what i mean everybody like, says that exactly yeah. what i you know they go home how did you do what's he doing you know it's like crazy <laughs> Everybody has the same 13 notes. You know what I mean? You, you know, it's just. You can only you... do so much, right? So it's like. Yeah. It's like Neil Peart said, too. I mean, it's drumming different a little bit, but it's not it's not necessarily, you know, the strike. It's how you get there or whatever, right? Same kind of concept. It's how you play it. That's really what I try to drill in my own head a little bit. It's just like, don't worry so much about. Because I, I got into that headspace with writing where it has to be complicated or it has to be something that's um spectacular in terms of like technicality and things and it's just it, it doesn't you know it, it really doesn't it's just more about the passion you put behind it well i did and i think i probably asked you last year or so i was asking every guitarist how would you describe your tone and i forgot uh, who told me one of the one of the guy one of the musicians and i do interviews every day like three or four a day and one of them said it doesn't matter pat if I grab like Mike Penny's guitar, it's going to be my tone. It doesn't matter what guitar Mike owns. Billy Gibbons grabs Mike's guitar. It's going to be Billy Gibbons. You know, it's, he's got that feel. He knows what he, what he does. And it's all that comes out of the person and then the fingers and, the, and what they're thinking of. When I first started the question, I thought it was interesting. Hey, hey, describe your tone. Do you play by notes? Do you play by passion? Do you care about the notes or, but then somebody's like, they, they, they put me in there. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it, I don't know. Does it matter, Mike? Like, what does what matter specifically? Does, what you mean? I mean, describing, if I say, Mike, describe your tone. If you oh. grab Billy's guitar, it's still going to be Mike Penny's tone, not Billy right. Gibbons' tone. Or Steve yeah. Lutiger right. or Slash. or It's not going to make a difference. Right? That's, that's Fact is, um, like I think there's a good story Jerry Cantrell tells from Allison Chains, and he's he says one time he had the opportunity to play through Eddie Van Halen's guitar rig. I think it might have been on the tour they did together in the '90s. I think, and he said the same thing. Like he was just like he plugged in Eddie's guitar through his rig and everything, and it sounded like Allison Chains. Yeah, and, exactly. And then it, and then Eddie gets it on, and then it's Eddie sounds- Van Halen. <laughs> Yeah, just, I, I forgot who said that to me, and I said, "Okay." I had another question, Pat, but I thought it yeah. was thought it was I'm, cool. I've never yeah. had. I never really described. Never even really thought about it, but it definitely is a thing. I've, I've heard a lot of a lot of um, really really good guitar players say that that they, they, they don't really care. Not that they don't care, but it's just like it doesn't really really matter what gear you use. You know what I mean? In terms of so some people get so anal about like what amp and what vintage thing and what year this is and that and just it doesn't matter it really doesn't um look at like get was it get uh get back i can't i'm gonna get 
fried for not knowing that, but the Beatles documentary. That, yeah, 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 get back, right? Get back. <clears throat> They're using brand spanking new fenders in that in that series, which is, I mean, it's obviously a different time and it's a little bit different, but it's it's nice. It's funny to like think about how they didn't care about using a specific guitar. It was literally a guitar off the wall that they had been sent or whatever, and they were just like, oh, this thing's cool. Sounds good. Okay, great. Let's make a song. That was it. They didn't care, you know, and it, people just spend too much time on it. In my opinion, I I used to, you know, I used to, I just, I'm learning, I'm unlearning that, you know, <laughs> just there like, you go. Cares, you know what I mean? Just be open to the process and just play where, some music. Where <laughs> can our listeners uh, pre-order? Um, I know it's obviously, uh, you can go on Spotify and download it, but I always tell everybody buy it. So when you see Mike and Liam and Kevin and Hayden, they can sign it for you. But for now you yeah. can, Spend a couple of dollars on Spotify. Where can they go get that, Mike? We we've got a vinyl record on our website. You can find it on our store, um, thejailbirds.com. That's our first two EPs. It does not include Sludge. Um, we're going to do some physicals probably next spring for Sludge and the EP that it's going to be on. Um, and I would also like to mention that there is going to be a new single coming out before the end of this year, 2022. Um, I think it's going to be November 7th. It's a cover song. We've never released a cover song before. Um, it's an old classic uh, hard rock song. That's all I'll really say. And we play it live a lot. It's kind of our staple. I, I guess it would, it's sort of like people have come to expect it a little bit from our from our set. Um, so maybe if you've seen us play, maybe you know what I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, November that should be coming out. And um, yeah, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be kickass. The Jailbirds, their website, the Jailbirds Facebook, the Jailbirds Band on Instagram. I gotta, get a, I gotta get a t-shirt, Mike. What am I waiting for? I know yeah. you got t-shirts and all kinds of great merch out there. And I know you got yeah. a show coming up, uh, Rum Runner in London Music Hall, not yep. the UK, London. London in Ontario, I believe, correct? Yep, you can yeah, exactly. You're right. London, Ontario, Rum Runners. Um that's in the London Music Hall, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's like sort of like the back studio room, and it's a great place. We played there before. We did our Black River EP release there, actually, and um, we're opening for our friends in the band Harm and Ease. I don't know if you've ever heard of them; they're really great. We played with them a few times over the summer, and now we're doing this gig with them as well. Um, and yeah, tickets are on sale. You can find it on our Instagram link in bio, like uh, Linktree. If you find our link there, all our tickets and everything are there, and through our website. Um, yeah, like you said before, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff. It's all the same handle, the Jailbirds Band. Uh, just type that in and you'll you'll find us. And what I really liked about these guys, not that I didn't like them before until I met them, was even during the COVID time, they were doing all kinds of streaming, keeping everybody engaged on what they were doing. I like the idea of those guys, you guys in your dressing room shower telling everybody how you won the how you won the award but that's all it's all good well it's called sludge you got to go get it today i'm gonna play the crap out of it mike always a pleasure to see you you need anything my door is open for november for your cover track or even we can wait till the ep comes out it's all good love to have you come down the states give me a call when that happens i can drive three or four hours if i have to <laughs> absolutely when it happens i'll let you know for sure it's definitely on the list we, we want to tour wherever we can so it's just a matter of time so definitely a live band you got to go check these guys out it's on my bucket list and i can't wait to hang out with these guys it's all good mike thanks a lot send my best to everybody go buy it today 
only here on Pat Soundbite supporting great bands, not even in the States, Canada, anywhere in the world. It's all out there. You just got to go dig it. And I'm the guy to find it and bring it right to you right here on Pat Soundbites on Plug Podcasts.